best time to have a blueprint for Wall Street is before you get in. Now you have access to the blueprint. Joe Soto is a practicing financial advisor with a wealth of experience working for some of the top Wall Street firms and high net worth clients. Joe has won many awards as a top producer and has an unblemished reputation in the industry. Today, Joe runs his own firm and his mission is to help financial advisors be the best they can be so they can align their purpose with their business objectives. The podcast mission also focuses on the most important person in Wall Street, the client. Trying to decipher the rules and regulations to win in Wall Street can be a daunting task. Sit down, relax, and tune in. Joe will take you for a tour across the Wall Street landscape and use his experience, simple average Joe language, and network of resources to help clients make informed decisions and advisors be the best they can be, regardless of which firm they are affiliated with. Tune in today. Let's go. Greetings, everyone. Welcome. Joe Soto here, founder of the Joe Soto Project, where we help individual investors and their families, right, navigate the financial services industry, understand Wall Street so they can make the best decisions to protect themselves and their family. Now, today I got a very unique special treat for you, okay? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about hiring a financial advisor? And maybe uh, you wondered, uh, you know, what, where do I go? Do I Google this? Do I ask some friends? You know, do, do you have any idea what to expect if you're looking to hire professional help, you know, with your finances, with your money, right? Because you want to you plan for yourself. You want to plan for your family. Have you ever wondered like, okay, so what's next? Well, you know, where do we go from here? Uh, what to expect? I mean, uh, listen, I'll tell you like this, right? I, I've, I've had the same question too as a financial advisor. Okay, I am a, I am a financial planner, financial advisor has been in the industry now for well over a decade. I work with some of the top Wall Street firms and today, you know, I run my own independent fiduciary based business. But what in the world does independent fiduciary based business means, right? Look, I asked myself the same question. So when I first got into the industry, I didn't really know, uh, you know, what was the best place to work? Okay. Uh, I'll, you know, it, it, like there's so many options, right? You got the banks, you got the wirehouses, the Merrill Lynch's, the Morgan Stanley's, the Chase Banks, the Wells Fargo's. Then you got, you know, Ameriprise, you got Raymond James, you got Charles Schwab. You got, a, you got places where you can go and do stuff online. Vanguard, you got all these different places, right? That you can actually go and get some help. And as a financial advisor, I asked myself the same question. I'll tell you, when I first got into the industry, I was looking for the best training program, the best, you know, coaching program. So, you know, and I just signed up for whoever was willing to train me at the beginning. And I can totally relate to my friends and, and, and family members that come to me and ask me questions about uh, maybe, you know, a friend of theirs or even themselves, they're looking to hire somebody, a professional. Um, you know, or a financial advisor and, and, they, and they're wondering, right? So, so Joe, you know, what's the difference between this and that? What do I get if I go here? What do I get if I go there? And I had the same questions, you know, and when more time that I spent in the industry, the more that it became uh, a, a, a pressing topic for me to, to try to understand where was the best place for me to serve my clients. Now, after spending well over a decade in building a business 
at one of the uh, one of the world's largest banks. Okay, one of the one of the large, definitely one of the largest banks in in the United States. And uh, and and establishing myself as a as a private client financial advisor, I decided to actually leave that firm to other pastures, what I thought would be greener pastures to uh, better serve my clients, right? And it didn't turn out that way, okay? And I think a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, when I meet people that are changing financial advisors, uh, oftentimes I, I kind of hear that same story, right? I hear that story like, well, Joe, you know, I signed up for this. Maybe, maybe they signed up on an online platform and they thought that, you know, that online platform uh, was going to be less expensive, or maybe they signed up for a firm that, you know, overpromised and underdelivered in terms of what they could do, or maybe they got even taken advantage of. They got taken advantage of by the financial professional that they signed up with. You know, I'm telling you, over the years, I've pretty much heard all of these different things. So after jumping, after spending well over a decade at one of these banks, I moved to another bank. And I'll tell you, that was one of the most challenging, most difficult times in my career, because I sincerely thought my career was over because once I got there, you know, the, the firm, uh, I found this out later, they were in the process of being sold to another bank. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes, you know, finding, uh, us financial advisors, uh, financial planners, we get ourselves caught up in corporate bureaucracy and there's very little that one can do as a small soldier in the front lines to dictate what we can do to better protect and serve our clients. Uh, so now, you know, today I run a boutique style firm, a family office practice, right? Where I essentially turn the cards on Wall Street. Now they work for me, right? So essentially I, play, I pay the major custodians who hold my clients' assets and they do a service for me and I pay them to do a service for me as opposed to be to being an employee, okay? And where I am today, I'm considered what they call a fiduciary financial advisor. Um, I believe less than 2% of all financial advisors in the country actually fall in the, uh, under this category. And a fiduciary by definition means that I have a legal obligation to do what's in your best interest. So why is it that not everybody works as a fiduciary? Okay, why is it that not all financial advisors align themselves in a way where they can better serve the interests of the, where it's a legal obligation to serve the, the best interests of their clients? Common sense will tell you, right, that all financial advisors will want to align themselves in that way, right? Unfortunately, that is not the case. And I will tell you that it's not necessarily the financial advisor's fault. You know, for me, it was a true crucible to get to this side uh, to be able to open up my own firm, to be able to kind of dictate the standards of how I wanted to serve my clients. And it's a lot, uh, it's, it's a much lower risk, right? When you're sitting at one of these buildings or one of these banks and you've got clients walking in, you don't have to do much marketing. And, you know, for a lot of financial advisors, they're afraid to come on this side, okay? Uh, even though it's best for the client. So I understand, I understand their challenges, but fortunately for me, you know, when I thought my career was over, well over 90% of my clients, they said, look, Joe, the fact that you told us that you made a mistake, the fact that you told us that, you know, how the industry works and how it's set up, because I was really prepared to walk away, right? My clients said, look, Joe, we'll follow you. Actually, it was my clients who, who, who encouraged me to open up my own firm. 
when one client after another client after another client started telling me, look, Joe, why don't you just open up your own shop? Let's let's go somewhere. So so they were like on my team, right? Let's like, let's go put our tent somewhere where, you know, people don't have a, a you know, conflicted interest about keeping our tent up, so to speak. So, you know, I wouldn't even be able to carry this message to you today if it wasn't because I have some of the greatest clients in the world. I mean, I sincerely look at them as my extended family. And if you're one of my clients watching this today, I just want to say thank you. I love you. Sincerely, I do, because we've been through a lot. And, um, you know, you know what I've been through. <laughs> so uh, I thank you for being, you know, the wind behind my sails and, and, and being on this journey with us today. Today, Joe Soto gets to carry the message of education around the Wall Street, uh, around Wall Street and the financial services industry so we can help you. You know, maybe you're not my client, right? And you're listening to this and you'll find this information incredibly, incredibly valuable. So here's what I wanna share with you today, right? So when I used to work at the big banks, right? I remember one time I had a, a, a lady, she came in, she was probably in her mid seventies and she asked me a question. She said, Joe, um, you're recommending this product to me. But uh, she asked me two questions. She goes, how do I know? And kudos to this lady, okay? This was over well over a decade ago. She knew more than I knew back then, okay? She said, how do I know that this product that you're recommending to me is it, it's designed to benefit me, not you? Now, that was a very powerful question. Now, what I was recommending to her was in her best interest. And then right after that, she asked me, Joe, do you have a legal obligation to act in my best interest? Are you a fiduciary? And it was one of the first times that I was introduced to this idea of being a fiduciary. Actually, I had to go back, do some research, talk to my bosses at the time and say, well, what is this, right? Why is this lady asking me this? And, and, I, and you know, I was really green, you know? I, was, I, I didn't really understand that there were all these different models and really like the ultra affluent, you know, uh, uh, they all work with the fiduciary. It's just that a big bulk of population, they oftentimes end up working with folks that are, you know, um, the majority of financial advisors are great financial advisors. But unfortunately, a lot of times they're in the wrong model, which unfortunately opens up the possibilities of you ending up in a situation where things may happen, right? You may be taken advantage of. So what I want to talk to you um, about today is, you know, kind of, okay, you know, what things, you know, so so back in those old models, um, you know, I wasn't a fiduciary. I was still trying to operate and working in my client's best interest, but I couldn't tell my client that. So let me give you an illustration here on this notepad so you can have an idea of what a consumer can face when they walk into the industry. So let's just say, and by the way, I'm not an artist or anything like that, so I'm gonna do the best I can to do my some drawings here. Let's say you got, you know, um, you know, John, right, and Mary. Okay, so give Mary some long hair here. And maybe they got, you know, you know, two kids, Sue and I don't know, we'll say, um, we'll say Mike. Got two kids, right? Maybe these kids are 
eight years and 10 years, right? And then John and Mary, got the Mary here. It might be, I don't know, it could be anywhere between, let's just say between 40 here and she's 45. My wife is a little bit older than me. So they're walking to the industry, okay? And then they're gonna enter now the world of Wall Street, okay? And they're looking for what? They're looking for help with their money, okay? So here you have a family of people that are walking into the industry and they maybe have accumulated some assets, maybe the retirement accounts have grown to a certain point and they recognize that it's overwhelming, okay? And kudos for them. A lot of times people come to me that it's too late, right? And when they come to me too late, they say, Joe, I need to do all these backflips front, uh, you know, forward and backwards, and I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I need to do it in four and a half years. Tough. You know, the sooner that people can seek the help of a financial planner, the sooner that they can get a financial plan in place, the better. So they walk into the industry, and this is likely what they're going to enter when they walk into the industry, into Wall Street, right? So you're going to run into and these are not in order of priority, but this is some of the things that you run into. Insurance professionals. Sorry. Insurance professionals. They have, you know, banks. Uh, warehouses. Warehouses are using up here to like, you know, Morgan Stanley, uh, UBS, and you got uh, and you got uh, you can even throw a six category analysis. Um, um, you got seven. We got there's there's a just a sort of you know dissertations out there as well. Okay. So here, here's what I want you to take away from this. So at the end of the day, all of these people, one through seven, and by all means, they're not all included in there. They can use the word in. So this, this presents a unique problem for consumers because a lot of times, you know, people don't know uh, you know, exactly, you know, okay, you, you just assume that that person is qualified. Uh, you know, this is a little confusing in the sense that, you know, you may walk into a, you know, big building uh, or, you know, somebody, somebody invites you over to the person's home and they look affluent, they look wealthy, and then you just assume like, well, this person, you know, must be well-to-do, they must be great, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, they must be great at what they do. You know, a, a lot of times when people take advantage of, they fall for these traps, okay? And what, what I want you to do is when, when you're looking for a the help of a financial advisor or a planner, okay? It's super important that you understand the regulatory bodies that actually, um, that, that, that actually uh, what do you call it? The regulatory bodies that supervise true financial advisors now when i say true let me let me show you what i mean by true 
By true, I mean these are people, true financial that actually have to practice. Be able to practice. Okay? That's the first step. So the regulatory bodies, the key regulatory bodies in the insurance industry are going to they regulate in the SAA. Again, high level here for individuals who are looking to to to, to, to look into higher help, right? Now, here's when it starts to get really muddy, so to speak. Now, in this world of FINRA and the SEC brokers and registered investment advisors, now we start looking at, you know, how do they practice? Okay, how do they practice? Again, we talked about practice. How do they practice? Or practice? Okay. Now, under the umbrella of FINRA, let's see if I can go there. You have and you have officers. Now, what is a fiduciary? So, I heard a guy talk about this uh, on a video um, not too long ago, and he said, "Look, you know, if you go to a butcher, okay, and you know, you go to a butcher and he's going to sell you some meat. He sells, he sells meat." Butcher is going to tell you, look, I got all this great meat. Buy as much meat as you possibly can for me. Okay? Because he is in the business of selling meat. Okay? Duly registered advisors often represent... Not sure what's going on here with my screen. Uh, big name... Firms. Okay? Now what's happening here with my screen big name firms now this puts the financial open it back up oh no so this puts the financial advisor in a predicament because if he is working for one of these big firms well he may really love his clients. What do we say? Mary and John. Right? That walked in there. But he's going to have to get My friends, that is the predicament that the bulk of the industry is caught up in. Okay? You may have a financial professional that you love and, and, and you respect and you trust. And like I said, the majority of them, you know, they try to create gains within this model to put the client first. I know a lot of great financial advisors that work in this model. A lot of them trying to get out too, but it's not easy. So this is the reason why when you go to one of these firms and you ask, are you a fiduciary? Like that lady told me over 10 years ago, I had to tell her, no, I am not. So what does that mean? I'm telling my client, no, ma'am, I am not a fiduciary. Why? Because the client's first interest cannot come first. Where does the, where, where's the best interest of that model? You got big firm, you got financial advisor, you got you. Who, whose interests get served first? 
Well, you guessed it. Right here. Big name firm. So I used to be one of those people. And trust me, there is a way because that you can actually create an environment where you can serve the client's best interest. It's the road less traveled. It There's quite a bit of hurdles to get there. Okay. You have to shut a lot of doors. You have to tick a lot of people off. Your boss may not be happy sometimes with you because you're not selling the flavor of the day, the product of the day, whatever management is saying, because you're putting your clients first and you have to protect your clients, you know, kind of like a, like a mother bear protects their cubs and say, no, no, I am not doing that. Obviously you start to get, you know, I learned to be politically correct in these environments. I learned to navigate without, you know, taking people off. And still, you know, sometimes it's impossible to, to do that, but that is the game that most financial advisors have to play. So these folks that work under these models are usually regulated by a combination of FINRA and the SEC, because what they do is they oftentimes they have two hats. One hat, they're a broker, and then in one hat, they are a registered investment advisor. So that means that sometimes the advice they give you is in your best interest and sometimes it's not. Because the sometimes because there's that sometimes variable, it's the reason why they can never say the client comes first. Got it? So then there's another model. Okay. Again, we got Jan, we got John, I'm sorry. And then we got Mary. Right? Now they walk in into a fiduciary's office. And when you walk into my office, I'm a fiduciary. There is an oath that I have on my wall. Right out the gate, the rules of the game change. There is no, it cannot be misconstrued. The client comes first. In this model, here's me. my big cheeks, right? <laughs> Joe, fiduciary. And in this model, I'll give you an example of my model. I have Raymond James, Schwab, Interactive Brokers, Ameritrade. And in this model, they essentially have a toolbox here. Okay, there's two sets of toolboxes. There's one for employees of these firms and there are ones for fiduciaries. The toolbox for employees is going to be limited. By whom? By the firms that they represent. The firm is going to skew the products, the services to serve their best interest. 
And for fiduciaries, it it's an open platform. That means that we have access to all the tools, and is it and then it's a it's our responsibility to ensure that the tools that we use are in the client's best interest because it's documented. It's in writing. Okay? You know what they say, right? When it comes to contracts, when it comes to paperwork, things like that. If it's not in writing, if, it, if, if the firm is not carrying themselves like that publicly, then that means it doesn't exist. The person can tell you whatever they want in the, in the most efficient, the most eloquent verbiage in, in the dictionary. Oh, I'm looking out for your best interest, but guess what? Guess what? If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So here's what I would tell you, okay? Some of the common mistakes that I see um, a, a lot of people make is that when, whenever a family member, a friend recommends them to someone, okay? They automatically assume that that person is competent and trustworthy. Mistake number one. Um, another mistake that I see is they assume because of the person's lifestyle that that person is successful. Nine out of 10 of the big Ponzi schemes, they fall in this category, okay? Another mistake that people do, and we talked about this today, is not doing their due diligence and checking the backgrounds on these people. FIMRA, they have a website. The SEC, they have a website. You can go on these websites and put my own name up there. You can pull up your own financials name on there. If that person has a history of uh, complaints, if they got bankruptcies, if they got lawsuits, if they got criminal record, if they're still in the industry, it'll be documented in there. Okay? Now it's not, it's not, it doesn't inoculate you against malpractice, but it'll be in there. Those are some of the key, some of the key mistakes that I see people do. Now, here's the other part, okay? This is what what I would tell you that you should do. You should hire a financial advisor regardless of the hurdles in the industry. Once you find a good financial advisor, it's like finding a good doctor, a good attorney, a good mechanic, okay? You'll develop a relationship that'll be for a lifetime, okay? A relationship of trust. You'll Maybe there will be a friendship that evolves out of that. And it's somebody that you can trust and go to with all sorts of different problems, okay? And, and, and having a person like that on your team, it's, it's crucial. It's super, super important. You should get a financial plan. I tell, I've learned this over the years, okay? Any monkey can actually take somebody's money and put it in investment. It takes skill. It takes practice. It takes knowledge to build a financial plan. So you should get a financial plan, okay? And last but not least, you should get started. Get started as soon as you possibly can, okay? Uh, if you have questions, you know, about your current situation, whether you're deep into the game or just getting started, you know, there's always the value of a second opinion, okay? So if you have questions about your situation, if I can help you, send me a private message, okay? You can send me a private message via whether you hear this on the podcast or whether you hear this on one of the social media platforms, send me a private message if I can help you. I will show you how we can do that. We normally have a, a three-step process that we take our clients uh, to. It's called Preservation Hall. And we build a 
a, a preliminary financial plan free of charge for people so they can see where they're currently at. I, I don't like to invest people's money if they don't have a plan. That's like going to a doctor and getting a prescription, but you didn't do a physical. So do get a plan, do get a physical before you invest your money. First thing that you need to do today is simple. If you have a financial advisor, make sure you go check their background, guys. You know, so many people, I hear about all these athletes that get taken advantage of, uh, people in the entertainment industry. Look, there's a database at the SEC, at FEMRA. Take advantage of it. Use it. Get some knowledge on, on what's going on. There's some major regulation coming out June 30th called Regulation Best Interest. It will have a, a significant impact on what happens in the industry. You should know about it, okay? Maybe I'll make a video about that next time. And the next thing that you, that you should do is get started. If you, have, if you don't have a financial professional that you're working with, get started on the research. Just do a little bit of research. Just like when you go buy, where's my phone? When you go buy a phone, you know, I normally go in and I'll do uh, some research. What's the difference between the Samsung Note and the iPhone? Okay. You know, okay, well, this one's got this camera, this one's got this. Just do a little bit of research. You got a nice framework that I'm giving you here today to get started. But get started. The sooner you get started, the sooner that you can start getting some help, the better health you're going to be. Just like a doctor, right? You hear that people in other countries, right, that are that, that are in deep poverty, uh, their lifespans are shorter because oftentimes they don't see a doctor until they well in their mid 20s or 30s because they don't have access today there is access and if you have questions do your preliminary research first or if you have questions send them over to me okay go to my blog joesotoproject.com you can send them to me via the podcast by joe soto project on spotify google podcast you can find me pretty much anywhere or send me a private message okay i'm here to serve last my friends listen i want to honor you Give yourself a pat on the back. Look, we covered a lot of information here today. I would tell you that if I had to take an educated guess, 90% of the people that are investors today don't know what you just what, what, what you know now. They don't know it. This, the game, the game is not designed for you to know these rules. And I just gave you a huge playbook, my friends. And I want to honor you for staying all the way through and, and listening or watching this entire video today i hope you i hope you got a lot out of it till next time my friends thank you so much for tuning in and i'll see you on the next episode see you soon my friends thank you for tuning in today we are here to make the industry better for all of us help me become more valuable to you. Leave me a comment, share this episode with a friend or family member, and let us know how we can better serve you. Don't forget to check out the link in the bio for more resources. See you in the next episode. Making the financial services industry a better place, one client and one financial advisor at a time.